Wild women, welcome. This is the Femme Podcast. If you're new around here, I'm Jack, one half of the Femme Duo. Before you dive into today's episode, I want to give you a heads up. The Femme Podcast is on season number two. You're about to listen to an episode from season one, which was the Spiritual Smackdown podcast where we invited women to rise from rock bottom. So season one is all about the Spiritual Smackdown. Season two is all about rising from greatness to greatness. More on top of more on top of more. It's where we tap into everything your woman desires. The money, the sex, the wealth, the power, the pussy desires. Start here and then come join us for season two. We're waiting. Hello, wild women. Welcome back to the almost the soon to not be spiritual smackdown podcast. We shared with you guys last week that we are going through a rebrand that the spiritual smackdown podcast is having some changes. We are so excited for what's next. We are so we just can't wait. You guys are going to be sharing that with you so, so soon. You guys have been asking us what's the new podcast going to be called? We're still keeping it a little bit under wraps, but we didn't want to leave you hanging for the next couple of weeks while we embark on this new journey. So what we decided to do, what you're in for in this episode today is that you are getting a highlight reel of the past year and a half, the past 75 episodes of the Spiritual Smackdown podcast. We have taken you know, a bunch of the gems, a bunch of the wisdom bobs, the stories, the, the bloopers, the behind the scenes, and really those nuggets of wisdom from these first episodes. From when I say these first episodes, I mean the entire first season. You guys, we wanted to bring it to you to remember to go on this journey with us to remember to tap into the energy, the growth that we have. We are taking you from tapping into fear, expansion, collapsing time, embracing pleasure, all of the juiciness that has went on inside the Spiritual Smackdown podcast. We want you to tap in one last time with us. So grab your favorite beverage, sit back, enjoy, share with us, tell us what your favorite golden nuggets have been on this journey with us, what you've learned from the Spiritual Smackdown podcast. Share it with us, send us a DM on Insta, leave us a review here on the Spiritual Smackdown podcast, share it on your socials. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear your biggest takeaways from the Spiritual Smackdown podcast as we get ready to launch into the next new adventure. Today we're talking all about the shoulds and should nots and what you feel like doing versus what you should be doing and letting go of direction and force. And Jack just looked at me and was like, oh, our podcast producer, Laura, who we love, said, you shouldn't hold your microphone. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm holding my my microphone. She's like, no, she said, it's not good. If you like move it, it makes a bunch of noise. I'm like, yeah, I'm just, this is just me today. Yeah. And I just looked over at Rob and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to let you, because you look cozy. We're back on my daughter's bedroom floor. And we're like, this is how we do. We do in ways that feel good to us. So I'm like, you just sit there, take your pants off, do whatever you need to do. You do do you, bae. And I'm actually not wearing a bra. I'm just, you know, but you guys, 
what we actually wanted to talk about is really important around this topic and conversation is being able to let go of the shoulds. And I will be the first to admit that this is very much a process that I am in the middle of right now. I'm a Scorpio. I'm feisty. I'm, I was about to call myself controlling, but I am not going to label myself. (laughs) I will rephrase that. I like to be in control a lot of the time and I have a very dominant masculine energy. So it's easy for me to stay in that competitive lane and force situations and grasp onto outcomes. Yeah. And for those of you who have been tapping into human design with us, Robin is also a manifesting generator and has that tendency because she carries a lot of sacral energy and she can do a lot of things and, you know, tasks come to her. She has this energy of like following the shoulds, of following the like, I have this energy, so I just should do it, or I'm here, so I should do it. And and one thing about that is just because we're capable of doing all the things doesn't mean we have to do all of the things. You know, even when you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, I know I could, for example, I'm supposed to run a 10K race on the weekend, 10 kilometers. I agreed to do this with one of my friends, and I I was really excited about it because she was excited about it and it just felt really good for me. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. But my body has been so tired the last few weeks and I've been bouncing between naturopaths and doctors and labs and everything to figure out what's going on. And this like little voice inside my head is like, you should do this. You can do this. You know, like you can run this race. You said you were going to, it'd be good for you. But my soul and my body has been resisting and resisting and resisting. And there's a reason the race is five days away and I still haven't registered, you know? So this is where I'm starting to really learn and lean into that part of me that's like, is this really what you want to be doing right now? Is this really how you desire to be expending that energy? And is that where you feel called to put yourself? You know, I think so many women in our community and women out there just get so used to performing. That's the shoulds, right? That's the shoulds that are like, you should always be doing this. You should always be outputting and doing that and creating and producing. And even something else you said there, because I said I was going to, like, now I have to follow through. And out of curiosity, have you decided if you are running the race this weekend? Honestly, no. I still keep bouncing back and forth. I know in my gut that the answer is no. I'm not going to run the race, but I'm still fighting that, like, you should do it. Like, you should train for something. You should be working out again. I'm eight months postpartum, you guys, for those of you who don't know, I have a wee baby. So this would be like my way to get back into and obviously I'm like, sign up for the race. Like first, (laughs) first time back after postpartum, like run a 10 kilometer race, not like go for a light jog. You know, that's that balance of that, like masculine, feminine, have to do this, should do this. You can do this versus is it good for me? Do I want to do that? I was going to say, do I want to do this? Mm -hmm. And I... I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be so proud of you on Saturday morning when you're not running the race because the old you, the Rob that just always, like you've been getting so much more in touch with what your soul actually wants and letting it guide you versus letting the outside world guide you. We're allowed to make a new choice. We're allowed to make that choice in the moment. Hey, you know what? I did sign up for this. I am not in the energy for this this week. 
I do not feel like this. And not because it's different if you make that choice based out of, you know, fear, based out of feeling unworthy of doing something versus being like, my soul actually isn't aligned with this. This is not what is going to fuel me. And this is not going to fulfill me in any way. Well, and talking about that race, just sitting here thinking about it, I'm like, God, why am I still deciding? Like, why am I still going back and forth? And something that just came up for me when you were talking about that was that I love that it could create the response of like, oh, Rob's only eight months postpartum and she just ran a 10-kilometer race. Like that's a huge ego boost for me. Big time. My mind creates the story that people from the outside world look in and they're like, oh, amazing. She's like running a race. And what they're even still like being able to differentiate between your ego as your driving force and your soul as your driving force. And that has been so huge for me because they're often so conflicting. They're so up against each other. Like what your ego tells you you want versus what your soul desires. It's not like little minute, small two millimeter differences between the two. It's like huge differences, huge variances between what your soul wants and what your ego wants so often. Yeah, because outside validation is a real thing, you know, like other people like boosting, you know, like that that feeling that you get from like, guys, oh, no one loves being validated (laughs) more than me. You guys just admitting that you love to be validated is step number one in the no longer needing affirmations from outside people because this has been a process for me over the last, I don't know, well, since my SmackDown, I guess, like four years, Mm -hmm. letting go of the need for other people to love me and reaffirm my actions and how great I am and blah, blah, blah. It can be seen as like negative to outside validation, but there's also like great things to come, I think, as well. So for myself, like I always thought, oh, I don't need outside validation. And then learning about my needs being a projector in my human design is my deepest desire is to be seen and heard. And when, I don't even know if validation is the right word, but when I get like acknowledged and seen and heard, I gain more confidence. I gain more confidence to like show up as the woman that I actually want to be. So I think there's a difference between my ego wanting to display the fact that I can run a 10 kilometer race eight months postpartum without training versus your projector personality traits or tendencies that are asking you to be felt, seen, and heard Mm -hmm. from the closest people to you, right? And there's a difference between doing things in the world to like beg for or to like put things out to attract attention versus coming to me, one of your best friends, and saying, hey, this is part of my character, this is part of my soul makeup, and this is something I really need from you is to be acknowledged, seen, and heard. Like, those are completely different actions, you know? Yeah, went back to, like, the Ask For It episode for me as well. We talked about asking for the things you need, and I did do that with you, like, just last week. I was like, oh, this is what I, like, really need you to, like, notice and, like, see me for and, like, you know, acknowledge. You are totally right. Doing something For me, and I think because I do think that there's others probably out there too, like being unsure, okay, am I doing this for like 
myself or am I doing it for that outside validation? And I think this is a question to like constantly like ask yourself if nobody was watching, if no one was going to like send me a message, if no one was going to have a response to the things I do, would I do it anyways? If there was no Instagram, you know, if I wasn't going to post this on Instagram and hope for a hundred likes, would I do this anyways? That's such a good question. If there's not going to be a story of me at the finish line, right? For everyone to be like, woohoo, look at you, you did it. Would you still do that thing? Oh my gosh, every single major decision that has taken me time to make has been like the instant gut feeling that I get, that intuitive guidance. It may take me some time to follow through with the big business decisions that I make, but that initial feeling is always what I end up going with. You know, like if I feel something, if I feel called to do something, to show up in a certain way, to launch something, to shut something down, if I don't listen in that moment, I know 100% that I'm going to be listening soon enough. And I think that that practice of like getting used to listening to your gut and going with the flow and launching things when they feel good and delaying things when they don't feel good and shutting groups down and blah, 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 like all of this intuitive guidance is really your cue to up level, to take the risk, to do the thing that scares you, to go live, to contact a new mentor, like all of that intuitive guidance that's going on deep within you and those big questions that you keep asking yourself, that is your guideline. That is your guidance. And all of those shoulds that are showing up for you, what a better time than to leave them behind than now. And I think along with that, it's okay, stripping away those shoulds, but also stepping into that fear. When you're ready to up level, like that does mean that you are going to have to step into that fear versus like pull away from it. That's how you like when you're listening to those intuitive nudges, it's likely going to nudge you to get uncomfortable, to do something you maybe don't want to do but something that's like has your higher purpose as the goal. That's where you're like being led towards. And it's trusting that when you step into that fear. And usually that fear is going to feel a bit more of like that excited fear that like, oh, holy shit, what did I just do? What did I just commit to? But in a good way. Yeah, it's it's nervous butterflies, right? And I actually am glad you brought that up because I wanted to kind of talk about this because this was actually a question I got asked from one of the ladies, Natalie, in our community. And she was getting ready to up-level in her business and this fear kept coming up. And she asked me, how do I know the difference between a fear and something that's out of alignment or something that I don't I shouldn't be doing something that I'm forcing myself to do, right? So the fear versus the forcing. So the difference for me is when I feel a fear that is exciting and calling me to up level and to rise, that fear is I anticipate it. I think about it often. I keep being called back to revisit that fear. It's like circling my head. I keep coming up with many excuses. The other kind of fear that we label it as a fear, but it's actually a should or a should not, that type of force, it presents itself as a fear. But really, when you boil it down and boil it down, you'll probably not think about it a ton. 
you'll probably feel this like really visceral in your body. Ugh. It won't feel like excitement. It will feel like, nope. And those of you with a sacral authority will feel that really strongly. If you're into your human design, that's what happens to me. But there is this knowing there's this like yucky feeling versus this anticipation of something new, you know, like I'm going to try this versus, ew, no, you couldn't pay me to do that. That's not a fear. That's just not you, girl. Pass on that one and keep your opportunities open for fear, exciting fear to present itself to you because that's the fear you want to follow. An exciting fear can lead you when you allow it to, when you are willing to take hands with that fear. It's when we bring our, where often fear takes over is when we, you have that excitement that you're talking about there, Rob, you feel it in your body, but then you bring your mind into it and you let your mind come up with all of these reasons of why you can't or why you shouldn't or why no one would sign up for this or all of these excuses because your mind is bringing up all these reasons for you to not dive into that fear. But it is the time for you to really show up for yourself, show up in your life, show up in your business and walk through those fears. Yeah. And the cool thing about that is when you make that decision for yourself, when you decide to walk into the fear, when you decide to step into it and to lean in and rise up, you are actually giving your ego an invitation to step out of the way. And that's when you drop into your soul. That's when you create a heart-led business. That's when you serve with total oh, greatness and inspiration. And that's when you connect with your dream clients and your community. And that's when you'll start to feel the engagement increase. And that's when your abundance will start to flow and your bank account will grow. And because you guys, that is the decision you make to lean in. When your ego gets out of the way and you drop into your heart, then you can make decisions from the place where you really want to create your life from. So today we're going to dive into a topic that actually, again, came from you guys. We had talked about this on our Instagram a couple of weeks ago when Rob and I were playing a little game of truth or dare, and we're talking about our fears. And one of the fears that came up for Robin was always just feeling like the little girl. I do. Sometimes I still have that fear creep in where I walk into a room of grown ass powerful women and I just shrink. Does anyone else feel that way? Oh, I know that there's lots of people that feel that way because I have had this conversation with some of our clients and the response that we got from that Instagram was like, yep, me too. I think that this comes in for women at all different stages. It comes in as a business owner. It comes in as a mother. It comes in in so many places where you know, really that underlying question is, am I enough? Do I deserve a seat at the big girl table? Yeah. Like remember when you were a kid and all you wanted to do was sit at that growing up table? Yeah. And for me, I remember like even the power then that I felt when my little sister and like the little cousins were sitting at that small table. And it was like all of a sudden, sudden sitting at the growing ass table, you feel like you belong. Well, and let's boil this down for a second because I'm sitting here listening to you kind of dissecting this fear a little bit because, I mean, this fear is a little bit ridiculous. I'm almost 33 years old. I am a grown-ass woman. But I'm thinking, like, what is the root of this fear? 
where does this fear actually come from? It comes from the root fear that we are not enough. I am not enough, therefore I don't belong at the big girl table. I am not smart enough, therefore I don't belong in this room with executive women's. Mm-hmm. Women's. Women's. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But that's where that fear comes from, really. Literally, when I was like thinking back of like childhood, it was that wanting to belong, that really wanting to belong and sit at the other table where you felt you were enough. Yeah. And because once you graduate from the kitty table, then you're old enough, you're mature enough, can carry out like adult conversation. You're allowed to hear what they're talking about. You're allowed to laugh at the big people jokes. It really is all of a sudden moving your chair literally across the room is what graduates you from little girl to woman. The thing about this fear is that that it's a fear that presents at any time and there's no real like rational reason for it though because you can check off all the things that you've accomplished as a business owner like you have built two six-figure businesses you've sold a six-figure business but still that fear comes up that you don't belong yeah and isn't that crazy yeah so here's the thing these deep-rooted fears live in our subconscious somewhere along the way when I was a little girl I took on the feeling that I was not enough, that I wasn't seen in the cafeteria as this cool girl, that I wasn't smart enough or getting the highest grades, that I wasn't good enough at violin, that I wasn't the prettiest girl, that I didn't have enough freedom. All of these stories and the way that I was raised led me to believe I never measured up to the cool girls, that I never measured up to the women who were getting their MBAs or the women that took the corporate jobs, right? Because my belief was that the best people have the best grades, have the longest, prettiest hair, have the longest legs, have the best corporate jobs with the highest salaries. And I literally don't have any of those things. So do you feel like there's this measuring stick for you that makes you able to sit at the grown-ass women's table, but the measuring stick is unrealistic because no matter what, that measuring stick almost keeps growing. I think we all have a measuring stick, whether it's conscious or not. I believe that we are all measuring ourselves up against something, whether that's our own standards or our own expectations or society standards, society's expectations, our parents, our partners, our bosses. But I also believe we have that choice And this is what helps me shift out of the fear, which we'll get to later. But we have that choice to recognize the fear and then consciously say, okay, I recognize that I'm comparing myself to this set of unrealistic expectations and things that I don't even necessarily, I don't believe that the smartest, most loving, most service-based, truth-telling, honest, beautiful women are the fake women I've created in my brain. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't walk into a room and perceive other women the way I perceive myself. That right there, I think is a huge one because you don't ever walk in and not even just you, but I think as women, like we don't walk in and think, oh, that person doesn't belong at this table, but yet we think it about ourselves. Yep. That's that internal measuring stick. Mm Mm-hmm. Because even do you think that sitting at the table, is that measured by like, okay, when I do X, Y, Z, now I belong at this table? Or it's really just like this feeling? Feeling. Mm-hmm. Because even when you say that X, Y, Z, to me, 
Like the women I want at my table, I don't even care about their checklist. I don't care about their accomplishments. I don't care about their income or their relationship status. Why would I measure myself on that measuring stick? But I again, I, th- I think it comes back to that internal set of expectations and those subconscious beliefs that we learn as a little girl that teach us who we're supposed to be, who we're supposed to grow into to become successful, beautiful, abundant, loved. Okay, so I started this list. I I started a list of all the changes, all the crazy, all the beautiful, all the wild that has happened over the last six months. I really recommend doing this and to actually like take the time. Last night I was journaling in bed. My husband had already gone to sleep. He wears like an eye mask because I always like to read and journal. So I'm like scratching away like right beside him. And I can like, every time I flip a page, I can like, he like turns and rustles. I've got meditation music on. <laughs> like, uh, babe, babe, am I keeping you awake? He's like, well, kind of. I literally felt like a mad scientist, like, okay. And then this happened and then this, and he's just like stirring beside me. I was like, oh, you know. There has never been a moment more in my life when recording this podcast that I wish people can see podcasts, see your scribblings. The thing that I think is so incredible about this is so often I feel like we look at time as such a limitation. You know, we look at time and being like, okay, it feels like a limitation to think of like, oh, six months ahead. But when you're looking in hindsight, it's like, wow, like what if time just blew your mind, which it does for us. Which it does. And I think the cool conversation to spark about time is that, you know, time is really just a construct, right? It's a man-made measurement, something that we use to calculate, to measure, to estimate. Like time is nothing more than a ruler, you know, something that we've created that we can literally break down the days and seasons and minutes. And so naturally with such a masculine structure, what we do with it is we take it and we apply it to everything. Okay. If I'm going to measure time in hours, days, months, how much time is it going to take me to complete this goal? How much time is it going to take me to make this amount of money? How much time is it going to make me to build this business? How much time is it going to take my daughter to learn to sleep through the night? How much time is it going to take me to lose 20 pounds? But the thing is, if you're listening to these things, a lot of them have absolutely nothing to do with time, right? Your daughter learning to sleep through the night has absolutely nothing to do with an amount of time. It could happen when she's one day old. It could happen when she's 19 and leaves the house and you finally just don't have to hear her wake up coughing or yelling your name in the middle of the night. We don't know, right? And so time as we know it either becomes a restriction or a limitation or if we let it go and release it and stop using it as a a measurement, as an estimate, then all of a sudden time, it doesn't have to mean anything. It doesn't have to mean anything. That's it right there. Mm -hmm. So we take all these things, we look at the last six months and we, we often think I can't do that in six months. I can't build a business in six months. I can't make a hundred thousand dollars in six months. I can't heal my marriage in six months. I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. And when we look at time that way, who's ever going to get started if you know that time isn't on your side? 
Wah, wah. No, thank you. Uh, right? Who's ever going to say, you know what? Time says this is impossible, but oh, fuck it. I'm just going to try it anyways. No, we don't no, do exactly. that because human tendency is to protect ourselves from failure and disappointment. So if time says it's not possible and I know that time is real, then why would I start? Because I know that I'm just going to be disappointed or I'm going to fail because time says so. Yeah. And the, where I find time for me, whenever there's, this is how time operates in my life. Whenever I'm like, okay, if it, you know, that I put the time limit, I put the restriction on time, then it's like the universe sweeps, swoops in and is like, oh, this is where she is placing limit. This is where she thinks like she'll only go until this certain amount of time for this many months until this date. And it's like the universe then sweeps in and is like, oh, isn't that cute that she thinks there's a limit here, that she thinks she'll throw in the towel then, that she thinks she can't go beyond this. Now we're gonna have to give her the, the moment to show her that she actually can. So then that's where I limit myself. That's where the restriction comes in. Well, we talk about this with our clients all the time, crossing the finish line, you know, keeping your energy plugged in, keeping your power high as you cross the finish line in a launch or, you know, through like seeing a project through completion, having a hard conversation, you know, like really following through with the thing and staying in your power, staying in your energy throughout the entire duration, whether it's a half an hour conversation or a, a three week launch, it doesn't matter. Right. But if you cross that finish line, if you say, I'm going to do this in three weeks, no matter what, and you get to the end of the three weeks and you didn't hit your goal, you didn't hit your target, well, what do you do? You quit, right? You're like, well, okay, I didn't, it didn't work. I failed. I sucked at that. Nothing about it. You wallow, you enter this state of like self-pity and, and you stay down on yourself. You then have this period of time where you feel disappointed, where you feel bad for yourself, where you feel like a failure. You know, you feel sad, you feel upset, you feel frustrated, you feel embarrassed. And then it takes you three weeks to pick yourself back up. It takes you three weeks to build the courage and the bravery and the, the trust in yourself back up to this place where you're willing to try again. But what would have happened if you got to the end of that three weeks and there was no time? And you just said to yourself, oh, it hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened yet all the possibilities still exist, still is there for you to tap into. And this is the thing about the universe is that the universe does not operate on the same timeline that we operate on. It doesn't operate on a timeline at all, right? There is no structural time measurement in the universe. Same as space. We create spatial measurements so that we can allow our humans to feel safe. But there is no space or time in the universe. It's man-made. So if we remove the timeline, then all of a sudden it's just a goal without a time. And we keep working towards that thing. And we know that we're getting closer and closer and closer and closer to it. And the only thing that matters is alignment. In the universe, the only thing that matters is alignment. Doesn't matter if it takes three weeks to achieve the goal or four weeks or three days right? The minute we're in alignment with something is the minute that it can drop in. And we are the ones that restrict it with the time. And then that's when we get to look back and we get to look back in that hindsight and see, oh yeah, this is how that works. This is how that got to come to fruition because we just allowed it to. We were operating in alignment. We weren't placing restrictions. We weren't placing limitations. And then 
our mind gets blown. You guys, we are inviting you to get uncomfortable. Guys, this is an invitation for you to really look at the areas of your life where you're staying on the sofa. You know, you know that feeling of like, oh, it's so cozy here. Oh, I don't, I don't want to get out of bed. It's so warm and snuggly and so delicious. And who knows what's out there? And oh, if I take the covers off, it's going to get cold. And this is an invitation for you to take the covers off, to put one foot on the floor and to get moving and to really begin to feel how expansive your life is when you are willing to get uncomfy. And in all areas of your life, right, when you get uncomfortable in your life, in your business, within your relationship, within your wealth game, any time that there's an invitation to get uncomfortable, it's also an invitation to grow. It's an invitation to rise. Right. And I think this is where we forget sometimes that we have this choice. And this is a choice in every moment, right? Like, okay, do I eat the leftover macaroni or do I take the extra minutes to put a bowl together? Do I use the ranch that's already made or do I make a homemade dressing that's nourishing? Do I stay in bed and sleep for an extra two hours or do I get up and do the thing that I've been saying I don't have enough time for? Do I let my husband just say the same thing or take the same action or do I tell him that it really bothers me at a soul level, right? And we're faced with these choices of staying comfy or of getting uncomfortable in every moment. And oftentimes we don't even recognize it because we are so patterned in staying comfortable. We are so conditioned to do the safe thing. Yeah. As you're saying, they're like staying comfortable or being comfortable. Like the thing that just like keeps coming through my head is like, and that's staying the same. When we're comfortable, things stay the same. Things stay predictable. You know what's going to happen next. The storyline has already played out in your life. Yeah. And I think, you know, for a lot of people that feels good, right? Maybe you've been to a place before where it hasn't felt safe, where it hasn't felt easy, where it hasn't felt predictable. And because there's past trauma or evidence that the world is scary, right? There, There is abuse, there is failure, there is bankruptcy, there is getting laid off or fired or getting dumped or heartbroken or having a miscarriage and feeling that loss. And and we carry so much of that trauma with us that parts of us just want to protect us from ever feeling that way again, right? So it's not that staying comfortable is wrong, but it's like, how long are you willing to stay there? How long are you willing to forego the possibility of the greatest love of your life or the best business decision you ever made or the best investment that made you millions or you know, the first date that turned into your true love or the time that you conceived that really did turn into the rainbow baby? Like, How many times are you going to deny yourself the opportunity to really receive a miracle, to really feel the, the way that you're just dying to feel on the inside. I think I really started to look at like the lens of my life through the lens of pleasure versus like before for me, pleasure was a reward. Pleasure was like, okay, if you do all the things, if you're the good girl, if you like get everything off your 
to-do list checked off today, like then you can go do something fun. Then you can go do something that's bringing you joy. Then you can go like have pleasurable experiences. Not that pleasure was just like, oh, I just always get to be in pleasure. Oh my gosh. And think of people who it's not even every day that they reward themselves with pleasure. It's a two-week vacation. It's one free hour on the weekend. It's not even at the end of every day. Oh, you finished your checklist? Great. Go for a hike. Oh, you finished your checklist? Great. Plan a date night. Oh, you finished your checklist? Great. Why don't you meditate? No. People segment pleasure into these small little pockets of their lives. And then they wonder why they're not happy. And they wonder why they don't feel alive. Why some moments do I feel joy? Why some days do I feel joy and other days I don't? It's like, are we activating our pleasure? Mm -hmm. And I love what you said. Like, I see my life through the lens of pleasure. Do I desire to do this? Do I desire to do this right now? So this is such an interesting convo, obviously, right? Because one of the things that you and I speak so much about in our teachings and even through the landscape of helping women build businesses, which is a lot of strategy and a lot of building and foundation and planning. And even in the realm of the masculine doing, what we teach and and what we've experienced in our own life is that when you lead with pleasure and when you see your life through these like literal rose-colored glasses or rose-colored glasses, (laughs) because couldn't help myself there. Oh, the Um, rosé glasses. Oh, those rosé glasses. Everything becomes more flowy, creative, expressive, and joy-filled, right? If you lead with pleasure first, if you wake up and have the orgasm, if you wake up and connect with spirit, if you wake up and set an intention, if you wake up and move your body, then everything else that you have to do in the day is coming from a more joy-filled place. And that right there, it's like, that's what's magnetizing. You know, I thought of you like first class being the wild woman. I'm like, yeah. And then your your energy is literally magnetic. This is what happens in your business. This is what happens when you start your day, when you're in this place of like pleasure and joy and having fun. Keep going. I'm literally just like envisioning myself in business class, <laughs> just like having a dance party and just you know, like really letting the wild woman fly. And I feel like I'm being t- <laughs> being taken back to our days as like free wild woman like 10 years ago. Like, are you going back to the dancing on speaker days right yes. now? Yes. <laughs> and I'm imagining if I brought that level. And like, that's who I am in so many ways. Like, you know, now the kitchen is my dance floor and, you know, but if I brought that energy into a business class flight, can you imagine the opportunity and the conversations even that you would have, the heads that you would turn, the the amount of joy that you could create in that cabin? And this is the thing, right? When you oh, the allow ripple your, there. Exactly. The ripple, right? When you are fully expressed and you're allowing yourself to tap into pleasure in every moment other people begin to witness it and to feel it and they you give them permission to tap into this like little bit of joy that that's like poking at them right you literally just took the words right out of my mouth i was going to say every time i see like a wild woman every time i see a woman fully expressed you know like that with like that huge smile on her face and just like 
not really giving a fuck what anyone around her thinks because she's just tapped into her own joy and own pleasure. I'm always like, I just want to like go up and thank you. Like, thank yes. you for the permission slip you're giving anyone who's in your realm right now. Anyone, whether it's like your best friend, your sisters, your daughters, or it's the stranger on the sitting beside you in the plane that's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I can do this. I'm allowed to do this. Wow, you guys. Wow. There has been so much. This has been such an incredible ride wrapping up, you know, talking about pleasure. This is what, this is what we lead in you guys. Pleasure is coming with us in the new podcast. We are going all in. We are talking about wealth, power, pussy desires with what's about to come next. Think of spiritual smackdown times a thousand. You guys, you are in for such an incredible ride with us. We are elevating from greatness to greatness. We can't wait. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for diving into the memories, the moments of spiritual smackdown podcast next week, next episode, we are bringing you the highlight reel from all of our guest episodes. So tune back in. And after that, the unveiling of the new podcast will be revealed. Love you, ladies. If you resonated with the messages in this podcast, we would love if you left us a review on iTunes or if you shared this with your community, you can tag the Femme Podcast on Instagram. If you're wanting to take this work just a little bit deeper, hop inside the weekly. Every week we meet, we've got guest coaches covering a wide array of topics on personal growth, development, to really help you sink into living your best life to curating the lifestyle that really sets your soul on fire and choose what you pay. So you can pay whatever you like, $11, 33 or $77 for the entire month. You also get access to all of the recordings. Go take advantage every single month. We also donate part of the proceeds to a change-making organization. So while you are giving back to yourself and really connecting yourself with an incredible community, you're also giving back to the world. So we love you so much. We can't wait to see you inside that community to make change, to spark uh, more collective love together. And as always, we're so appreciative for you and we love you so much. So thanks for listening and we'll see you right back in this same place next week.